Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, we are currently in the podcast message entitled Halloween Unmasked and are picking up today with part two of our investigation of where and how this practice was birthed. Some of it will be a review of part one. As the Lord readies his bride for the rapture and the last things continue to unfold on the earth in preparation for his second coming, it has become more important than ever for the legitimate children of God to take heed to the Holy Spirit's leading into all truth, especially when it concerns Satan's counterfeits and the deceptions he orchestrates to lead the many into destruction. The living word has turned up the fire in his work of sacred sanctification as he separates the holy from the profane and the wheat from the tares. God's called out and sanctified people have been made separate unto him, even as the light has been separated from the darkness. Separation and holiness go hand in hand in the mind of God, for to him they are one and the same. In the Hebrew language, the word used for holiness is kodesh and means separateness, sacredness, and set-apartness. In Ezra 10.11, Jehovah God gave this command to the Israelites, Now therefore make confession to the Lord God of your fathers and do his will and separate yourselves from the peoples of the land and from the foreign wives. The Hebrew word for separate in that passage is badal. By definition, it means to disjoin, to separate oneself, to sever, divide, and make a difference, to select out of a group. The word is used in the sense of a ban, communicating the understanding of consecration. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14-17, the living word echoes the command for his people to be separate from the world and its deadly influences. Do not be bound together with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. The Greek word for separate in that passage is aphorizo, and means to appoint and set apart for a special purpose. 1 Peter 2.9 majestically proclaims that sacred purpose. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And in 1 Peter 1.14-16, the living word expounds on this holy calling of sacred separation. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, 
Be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. As God's legitimate children, we are still in the world, but we are no longer to be part of it, as John seventeen sixteen instructs us. We have been separated unto him as his ambassadors of light and truth in the earth. Therefore, what kind of witness are we for him when we participate in the devil's celebrations? Based on the general premise that we don't want our children to miss out on all the fun and bounty of treats and candy. When as their mentors and the ones to whom God has entrusted them, we have something so much higher and majestic to lead them in the way to, and that is our salvation in Jesus Christ the Lord, which has been purchased by His perfect and sinless blood, and the eternal life that love offering has provided, for the one who will believe and receive its abundant grace endowment. And yes, to be part of this glorious endowment will result in being separate unto Him in holiness. But what a magnificent exchange that is! Light for darkness, life for death, and heaven for hell's abode. Everything else the world offers is vanity and is quickly passing away. But the gifts of God are everlasting and will never pass away. These are the treasures we should be encouraging our children to hunger for, and it is a guarantee that they won't be missing out on anything if they do not celebrate Halloween except the demonic intentions and purposes that the Lord of Death has orchestrated to rob, kill, and destroy. While we were in darkness ourselves, we knew no better. But now that we have been brought into the glorious light of Jesus our Savior, we have no excuse. And as we consider these things that are weighed in truth, even to the natural eye, it is evident that Halloween is a very dark holiday that glorifies death and destruction. Some may try to make it more benign by dressing in costumes that do not represent the macabre. Nevertheless, the foundation of this demonic holiday is still rooted in Satan's kingdom, and those who participate in it are inherently giving worship to him. So as the Holy Spirit grants us wisdom and discernment, where did Halloween actually originate? Well, the truth of the matter is that it is as old as Lucifer himself. It, along with every other weapon of deception held in Satan's arsenal, has been birthed from his cesspool of pride and rebellion and the innate desire to rob, kill, and destroy. It is always his intention to mock the one and only true God. In the more obvious sense, however, Halloween originated with the Druids, who most scholars have determined find their origin in the western part of the Celtic counties. Religion was a preeminent force in the Celtic culture, and the center of their pagan belief system was known as Druidism. The Druids were a priestly caste who served as the means of communication between commoners and the pantheon of gods, because they believed only the priest had direct access to them. On October 31st, the Druid priest held a festival where they honored their sun god and Samhain, the lord of death. They believed that the sinful souls of the people who died during that same year were being held in a place of torment and could only be released if Samhain was pleased with their offering. 
Additionally, the Celts considered November 1st as the day of death, since in the Northern Hemisphere, this day marked the beginning of winter. As temperatures dropped and the trees bared their leaves, death's fingerprints appeared on the landscape. This indicated to them that their sun god was losing strength and that Samhain, the lord of death, was overpowering him. The practice of what is commonly known today as trick-or-treating originates from the Druid practice, where the priests went house to house demanding calves, black sheep, and even human beings to sacrifice to their gods. Those who gave in to their threats were promised prosperity and good luck for the year. But for those who refused, the Druid priest pronounced a demonic curse of death or physical male castration upon them. People also often left trees out for the spirits so that they wouldn't trick or torment the household. The jack-o'-lantern has its origin in the candlelit pumpkin or skull, which served as a signal that the farms and homes where it appeared were in support of the Druid's pagan religion. The World Book Encyclopedia writes that the apparently harmless lighted pumpkin face of the jack-o'-lantern is an ancient symbol of a damned soul. The wearing of costumes originates from the pagan ritual in which the Druid priests sacrificed people and animals in order to appease the sun god. While the victims were being burned to death and screaming in agony, the Druids and their followers would dress in costumes made of animal skins and heads and dance around the fire. They believed they were infused by the power of the animals whose skins they wore. This is where the setting of a bonfire originated as well. Another custom birthed from the Druidism is that people would also wear costumes to trick the spirits into thinking they were one of them, in order that they would not be harmed. The blatant display of witches, coffins, tombstones, mummies, skeletons, and cemeteries are all representative of homage being paid to the Lord of Death. Beloved, the question must be asked, does the fact that the children of today only dress up for fun to get candy and treats lessen the demonic implications of this unholy day or the potential of harm they are being exposed to? While the general public is participating in what they believe is just fun, witches and Satanists across the globe are taking the Satanic High Holiday very seriously. Anton LaVey, who before his death in 1997 was author of the Satanic Bible and high priest of the Church of Satan, stated that Satanists consider Halloween the most important day of the year. He went on to say that Satanic, occult, and witchcraft powers are at their highest potency level at this time, for Satan and his powers are at their best on that night. Beloved, there is no getting around it. Halloween is demonic. What possible reason could there be for a child of God to participate in the Satan-worshipping celebration? As God's legitimate children, we are being called to a higher level of holiness and 100% loyalty to Him and Him alone. For Jesus comes quickly. As we close for today, please allow me to stir your hearts once again with the exhortation of 2 Corinthians 6, 16-18. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, 
and do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Praise his name forever, and as always, beloved, agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you'd like to receive a CD copy of this message or you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com. Dot agape light ministries dot com.